1: Hi there. My name is John Paul Kermy. I am a breathwork teacher. I'm really excited to be doing this new podcast with my good friend Feldy called Hang Up.
0: That's right.
2: I'm John Feldman. I'm in a band called Goldfinger. John Paul taught me breathwork. It changed my
1: life. We're talking about solutions to problems today. Listen to Hang Ups on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, Dennis Quaid here, and I want to tell you about The Orange Tree. Now, I have recently started a podcast network called Audio Up, and much as I prepare for movie roles, I've been researching the podcast landscape and listening to hundreds of podcasts. One in particular stopped me in my tracks. The Orange Tree. It's a true crime podcast series told with such authenticity and care by Haley Butler and Tinu Thomas, two journalists who were University of Texas students when they started reporting on the story. It's about the 2005 murder of a young woman named Jennifer Cave near the University of Texas at Austin campus. What struck me most was the thorough examination of the case and the exclusive access granted to these two young reporters. What makes this true crime story so unique is their perspective. They're two young women who are the same age as Jennifer Cave and at very similar points in their lives. The Orange Tree is engaging, it's thoughtful, and really, really powerful. Take a listen to The Orange Tree on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts today.
0: This is
1: Lips LA. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lip Service. This is Scott Lips coming to you live from WeWork. Uh, on the show today, we had Wenji. Super exciting. Wenji is a uh, leading representation of the female artist as one of YouTube's most subscribed personalities and pop music recording artists, with nearly 20 million YouTube subscribers and more than 2.1 billion views on her YouTube channels. She's released all kinds of music. She's blowing up. Uh, it was super fun to have her here. And so you're going to get to hear that in just a moment. The show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You've heard me talk about this boot company before. Thursday's Boot Company is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcraft boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots is the highest quality at honest prices because they use... Some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard gold gold welt construction. Uh, The price point starts at just $149. These shoes are amazing. They have 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. And they are also, as you know, my favorite shoes. So we're coming to you live from WeWork. Coming up in just a moment, Wenji, And we'll talk all things pop music, content, and how she grew to get 2.1 billion views on her YouTube channel and have over 20 million subscribers and have songs that are charting all over the world. So, pretty interesting, kind of a great story here. And uh, coming to you in just a moment, Wenji.
2: You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am Scott Lips and you're listening to Lip Service. It is my pleasure today to bring on the show Wenji. Wenji is a Chinese Australian content creator turn musician, international pop superstar. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much.
1: I had to be very specific because you have a lot of stuff going. You're not just one thing. You are a pop superstar. You're an international recording artist, a viral video creator. You're more than one thing.
2: And uh, I'm also a crazy cat lady. And a
1: crazy cat lady. So we'll talk <laughs> about that too. What's amazing, Wendy, you have actually almost 19 million subscribers on YouTube over a few different channels. 2.1 billion views on YouTube. I can't even begin to fathom what that means, because for me that's unfathomable. That's um, alright.
2: I still don't know what that means either. So there's two of us here.
1: But it's it's pretty incredible, and I think the audience would love to know your story, your journey, where you started, where it all began, and how does one grow up? You kind of grew up in Australia, right? Or you kind of grew up in? Give me, where did you grow up actually?
2: Yeah, I grew up in Australia. I'm Australian and I'm also Chinese. So I moved to Australia when I was four. So I pretty much grew up there. And yeah, it was pretty fun. I love Australia. I miss it so much. We have like really good beaches and coffee. Every time you talk to an Australian, we're like, come have our coffee. Like that's... It's like our proudest thing in the entire country.
1: I did notice when I was watching a lot of your videos, because truth is, every video you have is like 8 million, 20 million. I mean, nothing has like 100,000 views, but you almost sounded like you were from California, like the valley, I thought, which is crazy. Because did you learn how to speak English just sort of like, everyone in Australia has that heavy accent, but was there a lot of American TV there? Because you do have almost like a California accent.
2: Yeah, I grew up with American TV, and actually a funny story is... My best friend when I was a kid, she was Filipino, mm. and that's an interesting story because one of my first music collaborations was with the Philippines, but she had an American accent, and I hung out with her so much when I was a kid that we I just picked up the American accent. So, it's yeah, it's it, good. It, it's, it's a good accent. It's been with me since I was a child, and then again, American TV, and also now I'm kind of based in LA, so my everyone here is American, so I've just... Picked it up even more.
1: It, it all makes sense. And where is, um, so what what kind of shows were you watching growing up? Were you watching all kinds of like,
2: Ooh. What,
1: what, I mean, were they, what were they? I actually need to know what the shows were that you're actually watching.
2: I love Seinfeld. Okay, I love Simpsons, Seinfeld too. Friends.
1: Have you seen, uh, and I'm not sure if, you, if Curb Your Enthusiasm made it to you over there, that's Larry David's show, who is the creator of Seinfeld. Did you ever see that?
2: No, we didn't have that in Australia. Great, greatest
1: show ever. If not, Ari, who's handling all the AV and visuals and everything today, and also your publicist, um, will be uh, sending you a, a copy of that. It's one of the greatest shows ever, and you need to see it. So. Okay, definitely. Um, so super excited to have you here. Um, And let's talk about your name. Where did your name come from? Because that's a very unique name. You're the only person I've ever met in my entire life with that name.
2: Okay, so Wendy is actually my name. But uh, Wenji came from my Chinese name, which is Wenjie. So that's Wenji. And there's also another story behind it that I tend to not tell people. But I was actually teaching at a dance studio and there were two Wendy's. And this is back when like G-Unit was a thing.
1: All right, G-Unit. What, um, was, what was their big song that they had?
2: G-Unit, you know that one? Is that
1: the name? Uh, I don't, I don't, well, yeah, I know it's a big <laughs> thing here. I'm just trying to remember. But <laughs> it was that
2: time <laughs> okay. and it meant gangster. All right, right okay. Um, so I thought I was pretty gangster. So I called myself like Wenji. Right, you know? I
1: like that. You know? So you're, you're like the gangster Wendy, basically, is what your name yeah, stands for. Yeah, I mean, for.
2: I look gangster, right? You
1: do, but actually, <laughs> but actually, it's kind of what I read, and maybe you tell me if it's correct. Wendy stands, it's standing up for women, girl power, and standing up for minorities, cultural textures as global scale. So like, is that how does that fit into your name? Because it's also gangster, right? So the two of them combined, is that like? Wengie's, like, everything but also gangster.
2: Yeah, we gangster. I yeah, we gangster. mean, <laughs> like, we, we're women <laughs> empowerment, diversity. That's really gangster. <laughs>
1: that's cool. Well, tell me, take me back to the beginning, Wengie. So how does, again, like, you you start, you grew up in Australia, and obviously at some point, you know, the internet became a, a big thing for you. And, and singing, like, I don't know if you started singing at a young age or you just got into YouTube videos. Because truth be told, a lot of your videos, too, are pretty, they're, they're tongue-in-cheek, right? So you have, like, all kinds of stuff from you know, life hacks to uh, stories with your cat, right? And so, and I'm imagining that you were influenced a lot by just culture in America and and everything going on because were you sort of one of the first people to kind of use that technology growing up in Australia? Because you're probably one of the biggest, if not the most subscribed person in Australia too, right?
2: Yeah, I'm currently the biggest YouTuber in Australia or most subscribed. Uh, That is crazy to even say. I think growing up, I love singing, in the shower you know as yeah. we do yeah uh, i've also been a dancer for a very long time so i've always loved music music has been such a big thing for me i feel like music is something that allows me to express myself in a way that i can't do Every day, because you know, if you watch my videos, I'm just a very like happy, kind of comedic, slightly awkward kind of girl. Yeah. And I feel like music allows me to like discover this other side of me that I could really explore. So that's what I love about music and really attracts me to it. So
1: did you have a go-to shower song that you used to uh, sing? Because I don't, I don't actually sing in the shower anymore, but I used to. I would do like The Doors, right? I Lay Woman or something. That was like my Jim Morrison was my go-to. What was your go-to?
2: I have a lot of shower songs. You do? Yeah.
1: Are they anything we would know? Or anything you want to try mm. on us? Maybe you want to try <laughs> one on us right now.
2: I tend to turn on the radio. Okay. And then I just sing what's on the radio. I literally still remember songs and lyrics from, like, a very long time ago. And I can't remember what I did last weekend.
1: Any any bars you want to hum for us of mm. any songs that were, like, your mm. go-to songs? I feel
2: kind of embarrassed. I do love the Spice Girls.
1: You know what? But... Just give me a couple bars. <laughs>
2: If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends.
1: See, everyone knows that song. Yeah. So you kind of, maybe the Spice Girls were your sort of musical inspiration growing up, right?
2: Yeah, I loved how fun and, you know, I just love the girl power element and how fun it was and how they all had different unique personalities. And like, it almost feels like, you know, one day I want to be baby Spice and then the next day I want to be like ginger Spice. And you have like these cool choices.
1: So you grew up and sort of listening to music like the Spice Girls and who else were sort of some of your influences that you really took to music with?
2: I love Ariana Grande and I loved K-pop growing up, NC-pop and, and J-pop. So one of the things why I want to kind of like fly the flag for diversity is I grew up in Australia and I felt very, you know, Western as, you know, inside I'm Western. You but- seem very Western, I have to say.
1: <laughs> for someone that didn't know you and now that I met you, you, you are Western. You're definitely Westernized for sure
2: yeah and so it's kind of strange because i i look asian and even when i went back to china i felt so alien like it didn't feel like me and it felt like such a culture shock which is interesting because it's technically my culture but growing up uh i listened to a lot of pop songs from you know uk america as well and i really really vibed with them but after a while i'm just like i don't really look like these people you know like i didn't really see myself in them so i started discovering you know you know, Chinese pop and Korean pop and Japanese pop. And I saw myself in them. Like, they look like me. Like, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, I look at those artists. I'm like, wow, okay, they look a lot more like me than, you know, all these other artists, which I love their songs and I sing every day. So I discovered that whole new world of Asian pop music that really influenced my kind of songs today. And I think that's what I really want to bring. It's like the East meets West. That's who I am. I'm, I'm like, you know... A mix of both. It's very confusing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: very friendly with C.L., who you probably know. I love C.L. And we're we're neighbors, uh, truth be told. And so we're always talking about, you know, the culture and, and you know, she's very, she lives here now. She lives in L.A. So uh, I'm getting an education on everything sort of K-pop related when I talk to her. She's great. She's a shout out to C.L., What's yes. up? Um, are you guys friends? Do you guys, do you guys oh, know each Oh, I've
2: never met her, but I love all her stuff. There was an opportunity to meet her at one stage, but I actually had to fly out, so I was very sad. No,
1: I'm going to talk to her because you guys should be meeting and yes. collaborating. I feel a collaboration coming on. Yes, please. So, all right. So, you, you're into the Spice Girls. You're into Ariana Grande. You're listening to music. And at what point was sort of, you know, the internet Were you like, hey, you know, I need to sort of start making videos, content videos, because this seems to be a path for me. Were there people on YouTube or was it Vine? Was it, you know, Logan Paul? like guys like that where they were they part of your inspiration? Because your videos are very quick, they're very animated. Um, sometimes you have different color hair, your cats in them, you're funny, you're quick. They're always like these sort of little antidotes, like I said, like life hacks. I, I think I, I watched a bunch of them. Um, and there was one of them was like they're funny, right? They're almost like some of them are like pranks. There was one where you were like you gave I think you gave yourself because you sort of doubled yourself. Yeah, I, I like, have a,
2: twin online, a called twin online Wendy. Wendy.
1: So when yeah. you gave Wendy like ketchup in her coffee, right, which is basically yourself. Yep. Um, and so <laughs> (laughs) You basically played a prank on yourself. but who?
2: now it just sounds crazy.
1: It sounds crazy, (laughs) but who were your inspirations on that side of the world, right? Because your career is sort of twofold, right? You're this content creator, right? And then you're also like a pop superstar. So... Uh, were there people on that side of things? Cause that's what I think people also want to know. Like, how do you, how do you amass such a, a large following, right? Like what was the go-to moment after you started making music and making these videos that you're like, something is working and clicking with my audience. Cause people are tuning in.
2: Yeah. I wish it was a planned thing, but it wasn't, I've always loved creating content, whether I started off drawing a lot and, uh, you know, drawing anime and coloring it and putting it online, doing profiles for my friends, making websites. So I did that. And then I loved At like
1: 15, like what age were yeah, you? Yeah, just... like,
2: you know, 14, 14 you know, okay. whatever. And then I started, you know, taking photos. I love photography. I love writing and like journaling and, and just like recording my life. So I've always just kind of wanted to create content as just an urge to be creative to share my opinions and it didn't really matter what format i think i played with a lot of formats so i did a blog for a while as well and what was it called it was called the wonderful world of Wenji.
1: there there we go there we
2: go creative yeah (laughs) remember
1: when there were like bloggers i feel like that term is so sort of antiquated now right like Mm -hmm. what exactly if you mentioned the word blogger people like does anyone read blogs anymore
2: yeah i think i still read blogs for you Time to time, but it's a very rare thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was a blogger at a stage as well, yeah. and I, I, I definitely like explored that. And there was a point where in my blogging career, people were just like, how do you do your makeup? Because they're really interested. And I didn't really do a makeup blog. It was just more about like my fashion, what I thought about certain things. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna like teach them how to do makeup. So I started off doing a blog about it, but then realized, hey, making a video makes so much more sense. And at the time, I actually wasn't a YouTube watcher. Like, I didn't follow anyone. So there
1: was no one that you kind of looked up to inspiration-wise in that world, right? No, I
2: was just watching viral cat videos to 2 a.m. in the morning. And
1: and putting on makeup, I guess, at the same time. Yeah, and, like, (laughs) maybe
2: once in a while if I wanted to do something, learn something, like a tutorial. Yeah. I'd be like, how to build an IKEA shelf, you know? That's, like, what I kind of use YouTube for, but I didn't, like, technically follow anyone. Yeah. So for me, it was more like a purely creative endeavor of, like, wanting to figure out how to edit a video and make one to teach people how I did makeup. And then I really discovered, you know, I love photography. I love drawing, and now I loved making videos. So that was, like, just a passion I discovered. I learned all these editing techniques. I and how do you, how film. does one go
1: about learning those when you're not watching them, right? Because of, when I watch, like, TikTok or trailer which... Is uh, an app that I do some stuff with, or I watch these viral videos. Even like your stuff, right? I mean, it's not. It doesn't look to be that simple, right? There's a lot of cuts. It's very fast. I've tried to make my own videos, which I'm definitely a different. You know, I'm a different generation. So the the baby boomer generation is probably not as apt as doing viral videos as so in your age, right? But how do you learn that if you're not watching those?
2: I think it's like. YouTube, right. <laughs> so, so you did you did I, watch? Some, yeah, right? I, yeah, I looked up tutorials on YouTube to learn how to make YouTube videos. Right. Yeah, uh, and it was yeah it was very not easy. It was just like you know step by step learning. Like every single technique was like one thing. So like I would edit a video and figure out oh I don't know how to do this thing. And then I'd have to look it up and then, like, figure that out and then, like, try it. And was it,
1: like, Hoda Beauty or one of these sites that you kind of looked at for, like, inspiration? And and there's so many of them.
2: you know what? To the diversity thing, I actually started making Korean uh, makeup tutorials. Oh, very cool. Because there was a lot of tutorials on Western makeup and American makeup that I could find online. But one of the things was I really was inspired by K-pop or Korean-style makeup. And I couldn't find any tutorials online. So I had to figure it out myself, and then I would teach people how to do that as well. So
1: that's it. It's like finding your niche, right? You found your niche because there wasn't that. You kind of created that. And we should, the truth be told, by the way, I am eating popcorn when we're speaking. Oh. You, you reference this. What is it called again? ASMR. You, we ASMR. We need a popcorn like, ASMR. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. To, I, I saw a video. It's very weird. But basically, people watch other people or listen to other people eating.
2: It's a. Sens- That's not
1: not what I'm trying to do. Um, <laughs> it's but, a sensory
2: experience. Right,
1: right. But I did have to, I feel like I need a little nourishment. But I, I do think that concept is pretty bizarre. Is it big in, it like, you know, in Australia? Do people, like, do the AAS? What is it? A- ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. I did do
2: an ASMR video. You did? Okay. Yeah, it's actually very satisfying.
1: It is. So if you want any popcorn, feel free to jump in and we'll do one of those videos. All right. We, we can do it at the end. We can do a yeah. little ASMR yeah. session. I love it. Do people really want to hear me chew? I, I'd say no.
2: Yeah, they um, do. You'd be surprised. Yeah, okay. It's the internet. Okay. Well, I'm,
1: I'm digressing, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's such a, such a strange world we live in. So we have so much to go over and I want to talk about your new music now and your career now and whatnot. But I, I am still interested in your path and your journey. And so you start making these videos, you find your niche. There really wasn't something in sort of that K-pop makeup tutorial world. And where does it go from there?
2: Well, like I said, the makeup tutorial was kind of more of a reaction to my audience. That's what they requested and wanted to see. And also, I couldn't find any tutorials, so I made my own. But after making videos for like two years and making like, you know, hundreds of makeup tutorials, I'm not a makeup artist. So I decided, you know, that's kind of either go back to makeup school. Well, not go back. Well, go to makeup school and learn how to do makeup properly so I can teach, you know, More than what I can right now because I was just more just a regular girl doing her makeup, showing people how that happened. Or I do something else.
1: Now, did some of those videos go viral? I would have to say yes, right?
2: Ooh, a few. I did. One of my first viral videos was actually a half face of Korean makeup versus a half face of American makeup. And I walked through the differences of why we do things a certain way and what the actual effect we wanted to create.
1: So would you say that's your first video that kind of really people took to?
2: Yeah, it actually was, which is very interesting because that's also like a very like explaining culture moment, which I'm actually very interested in discovering new cultures and finding out things. And how
1: many views did that video get?
2: That hit a million in like two weeks. Wow. But at the time, I wasn't doing those numbers at all. So I was like, just you know 30,000 or something or 50,000. But even
1: that even 50,000 for people that have never done that, right? It's quite a lot. It's not nothing. Mm. So something early on that you were doing was obviously, you know, people were taking to you, right? And so at a certain point, it started to go viral. And then when did music come into play within that? Spectrum.
2: Oh, actually, one of my first videos on YouTube were actually music covers. Okay. So on the side, I had a separate channel called uh, Wenji Music, and I made K-pop covers in English oh, very because cool. I didn't understand Korean. So yeah. I would rewrite all the lyrics in English myself, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. sing the cover in English, and then do my own very like little budget music video project, which was super fun. Now,
1: were you filming those yourself? Were you getting your friends to film those? Were you editing them? Or you learned everything and did it yourself?
2: Well, I actually got my friend to film for me. He was a videographer at the time. like, And so I got him. But also, I edited myself. I it was when I discovered green screen as well. Okay. So I had this, like, green cloth in my, like, living room. And I was like, I'm just going to make a green screen kind of music video. So that was, like, my very first play with green screen with the music video. So... Awesome, yeah, and, and it was budget though it was, it was budget, like piece but, of but it, it obviously great. it
1: obviously worked out pretty well for you, right?
2: Yeah, so, it was a lot of work. I was like yeah. after my second music video, I was like, oh, I, like I could do this, but I could focus on my actual you know, like tutorial content, which I felt like I was helping people with because I was teaching them things. So I was like, this is so much fun, but like I also had a full time job. What so were you doing? I was actually a social media marketer. A I was social
1: media marketer. Yeah. I like the way you say that. Ma- marketer. Marketer. M- marketer, marketer. I marketer a right.
2: social media marketer. <laughs> um, I,
1: yeah. I, I. By the way, we talked about this on the way in here. Like, I can do a good British accent, but Ooh, the Australian... we
2: need to hear it. We need to hear it.
1: I do it every, like, fifth episode, but I'm happy to <laughs> jump in. Yes. I usually do it with people that are from London, but, right, do you know what I mean? Is that you, right? Oh. It's not so Australian, but That's it's... That's
2: really good.
1: It, I've just never been able to master <laughs> the Australian accent. Um. But so... But you
2: can say water.
1: Water, yeah. Well, I... I, I'm from New York, so we just say, is there water there? Like, do you guys have water here? Like, it's a, it's ah, a heavy, you know. It's,
2: it's kind of similar. Yeah,
1: I can put on a heavy, uh, you know, New York accent if I need to. Um, But so at a certain point, do you think to yourself, you know, this viral video thing, I'm, I'm doing the marketing on social media, but I think I can make, like, a living with, like, videos. Or did you think music could be my path?
2: I definitely thought making a living on YouTube was closer Then music at the time, because music was more of a hobby for me. It wasn't something that, you know, I thought, okay, I'm just going to go, you know, start touring and being a musician. Because I was doing social media and I was already making videos, that seemed more realistic to me. right? So I actually didn't really think I was going to become a full-time YouTuber. I was actually kind of just doing it on the side as a hobby just for fun. And I got a lot of fulfillment from, you know, the comments. People were like, well, you really helped me with this or like, I really enjoyed that. You made me laugh. So one of the things that really, you know, made me motivated to do it even though i had a full-time job i was tired Is like i loved you know making people happy Mm. with the content that's why my content tends to be kind of funny and comical because you know getting a laugh at the end of the day is like something i needed as well you know so i
1: also know like rola well do you know rola Rola. yeah and rola for me it's funny i don't know for the listeners that don't know rola rola is one of the biggest stars in tokyo Mm -hmm. and i went to a dinner many years ago with michael kors i met all the biggest like youtubers bloggers um in Tokyo and when I first met Rilla she spoke no English and so she was basically like a cartoon character because I would ask her a question she would just laugh and clap and, uh, I, and like, I was like, like yeah and I, and I was just like <laughs> what is going on like I was like did you just watch cartoons growing up because I, I couldn't really understand but she's amazing I love her um now her English is great whatever but when I first met her it was literally like I was I felt like I was like in a cartoon and and the culture it's funny because Obviously, you know, it's funny how people watch different things and grow up with th- different things in their environment and kind of how they're shaped. So it um, helps shape who they are. So you at some point, you decide, I mean, did you hook up with a songwriter at some point? Because chronologically, we're at about 15, 16 now. You're making the videos. You have everything starting to go viral for you. You're doing these makeup tutorials. And you're realizing that people obviously like what you're doing, right? And at a certain point, it like pivots view where you're like, I'm going to stop doing my job. And I'm going to get into this. Talk to about this.
2: I think for me, I've always loved being challenged and learning something. So when I've been most fulfilled is when I've like jumped into something I don't really know. And I've had to just like you know, learn it like video editing when I didn't know how to make a single video. It was so much fun. The process of actually learning how to edit the video and then seeing it come to life and seeing something come from nothing, you know, that's very satisfying for me. So after, you know, a couple of years of doing videos, it's like I felt like I've learned a lot. I've done it a lot of times. It's there is no challenge there as it was before. I mean, there were still challenges, obviously, creatively, like coming up with a video idea and trying to, you know, make another video as good as your last. That's always a creative challenge. Yeah, of course. But it was like I needed something fresh, something new. So music was always a hobby of mine, so I'm like, "You know what? It's time. It's time to really go and jump into that." And so I started. I've been a dancer for 8 years prior to this, so I've always been, you know, you know, expressing music with my body, but the next step is obviously you know with your voice like I've loved singing so I'm like I'm gonna go do vocal training and actually the funny thing was the opportunity kind of came to me my friend was like well my my there's a label in China looking for talent are you interested and so he knew I would always wanted to be some sort of pop singer as well and he was previously in a k-pop band as well so he spent two years in a k-pop group in Korea and he was like there's this opportunity you want to take it and I was like of course even though I didn't know how to speak Chinese wow. at the time it was Mandarin because I s- grew up speaking Cantonese but I didn't know how to speak Mandarin but everything is done in Mandarin China so I didn't know how to speak Chinese there was no YouTube in China mm. as well so. right because you
1: don't even have like Instagram there right no yeah right. everything's blocked everything's blocked so what's had- it like or I mean I can't I went there I was there for one day once on a layover but I can't imagine for people that grew up in that culture when they can't access things on you know online like what's what's it like if you like go to type something I think I I feel like I was able to get onto Instagram in China is that possible
2: Yeah because your sim card has come from another country ah, so right. okay. they allow you to cuz okay. they know you're a foreigner but when you're domestic they have their own version of Instagram and their own version it's of called YouTube. Weibo There's Weibo, Weibo and there's Yuko and then like Chi, which is like another video platform but they have their own versions there yeah. but they don't have YouTube so I had no fans there either uh so it was a very different world and I thought it was actually almost safe because no one knew I was a YouTuber. There was no conversation trying to be like I'm I'm not making content, I'm making music. It was just jumping right into the music. So I recorded an album in China and released three singles and they did really well. One went one went five on the charts. Wow. One went six. And you had um, never
1: spoken Chinese before. so I had,
2: Yeah, I had spoken very bad Chinese and I've listened to it, but I've never really spoken Chinese, you know? So I mean, it's not
1: the easiest language, right? No, <laughs> like, it
2: is not. I, I look at it
1: and I'm like, I can't. I mean, the symbols are different. It's It looks like hieroglyphics to me. It
2: so is. And it was like a double challenge because I took vocal training and then sang in Chinese. And so some of my recording sessions were literally 8 to 12 hours long because oh. they wanted me to make sure I pronounced everything properly so i sounded fluent so when you hear my singles in chinese i sound like a fluent chinese speaker That's amazing. but it was definitely a journey getting there getting every little sound right everything as long as well as singing it um what's
1: amazing is that you actually record a lot of these songs in like four languages right because it's not just i mean if you listen to your stuff on youtube a lot of it's in english and you sound perfect right but then i read that you're actually recording a lot of these tracks in korean and chinese and right it's like That itself is like a feat. Like, I literally speak one language. I think a lot of Americans just speak one language. I probably dabble in, like, nine languages. I know how to say the greetings in about nine languages. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I really can't speak very very many languages. I think a lot of Americans are with me. So it's pretty incredible when you can actually sing the same song in four languages fluently, and no one would even know that you're not from there.
2: Yeah, I think it's like—I think that China, China experience really helped me because you had to really study the sounds and the way that they say things. And so, like, going into it, yeah, like, I I sang a song in Tagalog, which is uh, the native language of the Philippines, which is something I've never spoken in my whole entire life. And I literally had one day to learn a whole song in Tagalog.
1: Because you have a new single that came out, right, with... uh,
2: Yeah, with Inigo Pascual, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, I have my own process now. I would literally print out the lyrics, and I would listen to the demo that they send me in the native language, and I would write down what I think in my own phonetic language, which I bet no one will understand either, but it's (laughs) like my own little process and I would write it down in my own phonetic language, slow it down, like sing it multiple times, and then the, the 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 challenge is once you're singing in a different language, you lose emotion sometimes, right? You know? Of course. So, so it's like bringing that back, like trying to get that in your head, and then well, the soul, be, yeah, you're, yeah. You're really the
1: soul of the language, right? Because anyone can probably phonetically spell things out, but to sound like you're really from. Uh, a part of uh, uh, the world and actually do it with authenticity is actually a different thing, right? Uh, I'm going to actually ask you to teach me a few different words in different languages because I feel like that's something I need to do. So like Philippines wise, anything, just teach me greetings, Uh, Chinese, Philippine, you know.
2: Filipino, Mabuhai. Mabuhai? Yes.
1: Is that good? Do I sound like a Mabuhai? Am I from there?
2: I, I can't tell. Okay. <laughs> but I said it very that. fast.
1: I said it very fast. <laughs> Mabo, hi. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. See, now I can tell people that I, I speak the language. And, and we're, I guess, Chinese.
2: Chinese, ni hao.
1: Ni hao. That one I feel like I knew a little yeah. bit. Okay. Ni
2: hao. And um, Cantonese, le ho. Lei ho. Ooh. All right.
1: I'm getting better. Listen, by the end of this interview, I'm going to be fluent in like four languages. Yeah, we're going to uh, do
2: it. <laughs> Korean,
1: annyeonghaseyo. Anyaseo. Yay. I'm definitely, um, I'm getting better at all these languages as we speak. But so amazing. You start writing music you, and you collaborate with people that write music, right? So, and, and one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, I know a little bit about K-pop in the sense that a lot of those bands, like talking to CL and people like that, some of those bands are like put together, right? So there's like, there's like academies in Korea where bands are sort of put together. And that process is very interesting to me. So when you have people start to approach you on the, the Chinese side to do a record, there, like... Was the conversation like, listen, we're going to, you know, help image you and put you together? Like, was what is that conversation like?
2: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, artist development. I think artist development has been, you know, something in existence globally. It's just, I guess, every culture has a different way of developing their artists. Yeah. And also artists are, you know, at different stages of being ready. So when I was, you know, in China, they provided me vocal lessons, they gave me guidance and all that, which I really needed at the time because it's not something I've been doing for multiple years. So that's how they developed the artist and I was really grateful for that experience because they really guided me through the whole thing even though I felt very uncertain at the time.
1: Does someone say you should dress like this? They did it here with the Backstreet Boys, right? When these bands are put together, but does someone say to you, you should cut your hair like this, you should dress like this, or do they leave that creative element up to you to sort of decide who you are?
2: I think I was really lucky for me. I really wanted to work with someone that, you know, embraced me as a person. I would never work with a company that told me to change. Right, right. So they embraced everything, all my elements, and they try to work with what I already built. So it was they didn't like give me full choice, but their choices were based on. This is what we think you are from all your videos and your personality and how we we meet you. And because they want to assist me as much as I can, they obviously like style me and everything like that so I didn't have to go style myself. So they try to work with what I had but also like adapt it to the Chinese market slightly because sure. it is a different culture. Yeah. And they obviously don't want me to come in and like not appreciate the culture, so mm. it was a bit of a balance of this is who you were and also like this is our culture, like how does that meet in the middle? That's what we created.
1: So obviously, world domination is something interesting to you, right? You're internationally well-known, but I think breaking into America- Is that Ameri- what I'm thinking, Pinky? Well, <laughs> I don't know, it could be, right? But like, breaking into the American market is an interesting idea, right? So we were just chatting, I have this company, you know, we do branding and stuff like that, and we were just talking like, when you're breaking into America, because obviously your your viewers and everything online are probably international, but maybe there's a heavy skew for where you grew up, and, and maybe America, I don't know the percentage of American fans versus other, but what do you think about sort of breaking into the American market and how you break into the American market when you start out in Australia and China and Korea, wherever where your music has been really big. Like, what does becoming big in America mean to you? And, and how do you see that past starting to take shape for yourself?
2: Uh, actually, a little known fact is a lot of my viewers are actually American. Oh, they are? Mostly okay. American. Really? Over half of them are American. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. That's why I am now based in L.A. a lot as well, because... That's where my audience is and I go where my audience is. Australia, I mean, I have a big amount of fans in Australia, but we also are a small population in right. general, so right. the percentages aren't really gonna stack up. So Was it
1: Sydney or Melbourne? Where did you grow up in Australia?
2: I grew up in Sydney. Sydney, cool. But I my first city that I lived in, in Australia was Melbourne. Okay. So I've been Melbourne, then Sydney. So Melbourne's
1: yeah. a bit artier. I've been to Melbourne. It's more like art studios and yeah, more chill, like indie, yeah.
2: Creative Arty. Sydney's more like I would say Sydney's more like New York, you mm-hmm. know, and like Melbourne is more like I don't LA. Yeah, a little I bit. It's, it's hard to really, but you know what the closest city that I thought felt like my hometown was actually Seattle.
1: Oh, wow, okay. And raining, also, raining and also all- San Diego. Oh. If you
2: mix Seattle and San Diego, I was like I felt like I was at home. But yeah, like my demographic is global. That's why I have a largely American audience which is why i decided to focus on asia to begin with because mm. i'm like they already are aware of me they know who i am but you know there's i wanted to introduce first of all the other side of the world my my asian culture to the american side mm, okay. because that's like the first step it's like well i'm going to share some of the things i grew up with like you know my friend was filipino and like i had my best friend was japanese and then i had a lot of korean friends and i was i'm chinese so it's like i wanted to share you know, what my experiences were with my audience in Right, America. right, right.
1: That's true. And so at a certain point, you start collaborating with songwriters, right? And Melanie Fontana, who's uh-huh. great and works with BTS all the time, starts to work with you. Where is that in the process of your musical career? I mean, I know you work with her recently, but at what point did you start working with her?
2: Okay, I love Mel. I think a lot of it was very authentic. We really clicked as people. So when I met Melanie... And you're both
1: crazy cat ladies, Oh,
2: yes. I love her cat, Vanna Bear. I always give him a shout-out. Her. Sorry. (laughs) Give her a shout-out. But, like, yeah. Like, we were just vibing from the very beginning. And I really wanted to create songs that were authentic to me right and i thought melanie just really got me you know we share the same taste in music because she
1: works with like halsey and all these right other yeah she's and written for
2: bts halsey yeah. dua lipa uh what else who else justin bieber britney spears wow. she has a huge roster lots of k-pop uh personalities as well so it's like she really got me she's very much an east meets west kind of songwriter we clicked as she's american she's american she's uh from the east side of america she's so cool so yeah it's just kind of like it just fit we got along she's eats meets west she got my vision she knew exactly what i wanted
1: now she collaborated on your latest song right yes okay so let's talk about that for a minute empire Empire, Which is great, yes. And the collaboration is not only her, you're also working with Minnie, right? And so a lot of the artists, some of the artists that are, we were just talking about it, but are big overseas when now they're still breaking here. So Minnie hasn't really broken here yet, although she's probably huge internationally, right? So talk a little bit about Minnie and who she is and where she's from and, and the song. Because again, it's just an education process. Like we're all learning. I'm learning. Like every day I'm learning when I discover new music and stuff. And so um, I'd love to know more about the song and how it came about and how you guys like work together.
2: Yeah, so I went to Mel. I was like, I need... You know, something empowering, like, you know, female empowerment, let's go and inspire some people. So she sent me this track, Empire, which was perfect. And I was like, Okay, this is the one. And at the time I didn't know Minnie was gonna be on it, but I loved her group G Idol when they just first came out and debuted. They were literally one of my favorite girl groups. I was like, They're so unique, their sounds they also They're Korean? They're Korean. They're a Korean, Korean so girl K- group okay, currently like popping in Korea and internationally. Mm. And what's really unique about G IDOL is if you look at their music, they're actually inspired by a lot of global sounds as well. So each mm. new track is inspired by like a different country. So they did a song called Senorita, and you know it's obvious you know how that sure. was inspired. Right. So also it's like their vibe was very very similar to what I was trying to achieve. And what is really interesting about Minnie is she's actually Thai. She's a Thai, you know, singer in a Korean girl group. Interesting. So also that's very very diverse international. And Empire was something that was very special to me because I wanted to do something different and challenging. So if you listen to the sound, it's a very different sound. So my previous one was very you know pop you know, happy, candy kind of feeling. It's a little darker. This is a little darker, a little more, you know, rough at the edges. And so that was different for me. Also, I'm rapping in it, which is also different for me. I know. I
1: like that. I heard that. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool.
2: Yeah. And also with Minnie, it's like she is the vocalist of G-IDOL, so she normally sings melodic, the melodic parts of the song. So we got her to rap in it as well. So I, that was very different for her.
1: I feel like if you look at this year in pop music, right, like Spanish-Latin music is at an all-time high. You have Maluma. You have Becky G, who I work with. You have obviously Bad Bunny. You know, BTS is so huge here. They actually played, I think, at the Rose Bowl, like maybe multiple nights, mm-hmm. which is crazy because the place holds like 40,000 people. And so this is probably the year where like music becomes way more international than ever before. I feel like it's just really exploding. Um, so even C pop, talk a little bit about C pop. I don't really know that much about C pop. Who's like the biggest C pop artist I should know?
2: I think some of the more popular C pop artists that are also international, Jackson Wang. one of them so he was actually he's very interesting because he was in a k-pop band boy band in korea but now has a really great career in china Mm. and also releases english songs internationally so he's kind of a global artist as well and he's quite big in china as well so it's like c-pop is very interesting because i feel like china rarely exports their music so they're very happy keeping c-pop in china and Chinese consumer. And it rarely comes out of China, which is why a lot of global people don't actually know what's going on and maybe have not heard a C-pop song.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just still learning about all this stuff. So it's super interesting. I think this is definitely the year. So this is the year for you. Which is great, and and what's on the agenda, right? The whole let's talk about this year. Obviously, you have new music out. Your videos like make such an incredible splash in culture, and and you know from now, from where you started to now, because it's progressed enormously, right? And and again, two point one like billion views, right? What's on the horizon for you? What else can you do that you haven't achieved yet?
2: Oh, I try not to think about it. It's, It's it's a lot, but. I feel like I just really want to work on my music the next year because it is, you know, there's a few crazy things that happened with my music that I didn't even expect. Like we got number one in the Philippines with Inigo Pascual's track. That's right. In fact, right now it's still top 20. A lot of months later, it's still there. Uh, We hit Billboard uh, number 22 in the World Digital Sales charts on the debut of Empire, which was insane. This is something me... Like, talking to myself three years ago, like, I pranked myself. I, if I talked to myself, I would not believe it would happen. And it was... Because how many, how many
1: years have you been putting on music professionally, would you say?
2: Uh, so, my first track, I remember going to China about two to three years ago. But I didn't put out any global music. It was m- mainly China. And for my global project, I started that just a little over a year ago. Eight, 18... Eight, Eighteen months, I think.
1: Wow, well, maybe if this interview goes viral, then Empire will move up the charts digitally and it'll be number one. Yes, so we're gonna. Share, we're actually guys. gonna yes. we gotta
2: share this podcast. We're, we're, gonna,
1: we're gonna make sure this podcast goes viral. So we're gonna take that Empire song from number twenty two on the digital charts to number one. Yes, um, which would be amazing. So you have a great team around you. I know a lot of your team, your publicists and whatnot. So it, it's very exciting. So you're kind of in LA. I know you're off to like China tonight. On a, you know, you're you're taking a flight tonight. So talk to me about the next like couple months for you. What you got in store.
2: Oh, okay. Well, shout out to my team, first of all, for making everything happen. R is here. R is not on the mic, but it's here. here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I got to say, for Empire, like, my whole team were working tirelessly to get that happen. So this this thing, even though unexpected, was, like, literally, like, our blood, sweat, and tears. So shout out to Danny Lee, Asian agent, for, you know, being there, making it all happen. Melanie Fontana, Lindgren. Uh, Minnie of course my partner Max for being amazing and making it all happen as well also putting up with my crazy crazy mental breakdowns during the whole thing because that happened and Ari being you know always there making sure I'm like Perfectly represented, perfect publicist, you know, Young Su, who was on the career side that really helped liaise with, you know, the other side and translate everything. Seriously, it's like a team effort. And it it always
1: is, right? To be successful, you need it. You're only as good as your team around you. Yes.
2: And I have the best team. So, you know, I'm like pretty happy with, you know, everyone. And the thing is, like, what I like.
1: Let's talk about just are you married? Like, uh, no, you're too young for that.
2: Uh, I have a fiancé, Max. Uh, nice, yeah, nice, he, nice, He works with me. He helps me with a lot of things. He awesome. actually helps me with a lot of the video side as awesome. well now. So
1: he's like a great director. Is that who, So that's the secret sauce in all your videos, right? Yeah, he <laughs> is
2: the secret sauce. Right. You can actually hear him a lot behind the camera on a lot of my videos as well. Awesome. He also has his own channel. So. Oh, amazing,
1: amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, you probably can't, I mean, 2.1 billion views is just outstanding. So congratulations on all your success. I think people should follow you. So on Instagram, give us all your handles, right?
2: Yes, so coming this year, more music, guys, more global collaborations. I have some really cool countries that it's, you know, I'm going to collaborate with some new languages. I'm going to learn.
1: Download Empire in every language. Download
2: Empire, stream Empire. We've right. got like a sick remix package with a three female remixes. We got Jana, we got Ducky, we got DJ Soda, who is just like a. They're all good friends of mine. Love them. So it's like a female centric thing that's happening. So definitely listen to my remixes. We have three versions of the track: English, Korean, and English-Korean.
1: Amazing! And I see you always yes. put, and when you do your videos, you're like subscribe, you'll get a free MacBook. I mean, how do you get all those MacBooks? Oh, Are okay, yeah, that, that's like, over. Okay. We,
2: we 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 gave <laughs> was, MacBooks away to like kind of give back to the community. Like, this <laughs> girl must
1: have a thousand MacBooks. Yeah, they're, they're just they giving got away. really
2: expensive, so we're like, okay, we <laughs> gotta we gotta stop this. This yeah. is getting pricey. I mean,
1: it's one thing to give out like a you know some cereal and potato chips, but when you're giving out like MacBooks, it gets pretty expensive. Yeah, especially yeah.
2: when you buy it yourself, you yeah. know, for your fans. So yeah. That's By the way, I'm going to
1: subscribe, and if I could win one, feel free to send one over (laughs) here. Okay, but it's
2: kind of over, but (laughs) we'll figure it out.
1: All right, so that's happening. But I I guess it's funny. I was just mentioning, because I know subscribing is a big—it's how you build your platform these days, right? So it's all about—even on iTunes with this show, I'm always telling people, rate the show, review the show, tell two friends, three friends, because that's how things become viral. And then— it gets it becomes a life of its own and it takes on a life of its own. So. Yeah,
2: I think it's really important to, you know, like this podcast, share it with your friends because we're making free content here. This exactly. takes a lot of time to make and you know, you could just appreciate it by, you know, liking, subscribing, sharing it takes you 2 seconds and you know, we put a lot of, you know, soul and effort into our work because we 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 do this content like your podcast is to educate your audience and really help them and inspire them to do something different. So I think yeah, guys, definitely subscribe follow share do something do
1: something it's We're, free
2: content so, so what so are <laughs> what are five
1: things that people don't know about you in sort of our last thing here that we can talk about that's going to be like bonus extra stuff that your fans are going to go crazy about because these are five things that i don't know about you but maybe your fans don't know
2: oh five things
1: or we could have three i mean we just need i have a we double some, jointed thumb okay, check, check it out which is important hold on i think i need to get this on video here because <laughs> this is good stuff here this so, is very scary okay so uh, you're, this you're, is my uh, this
2: double drained thumb. Okay. Looks like it's broken, but oh, it's is... really not. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. So
1: that's number one. You that's have a number one.
2: Right. Uh, what else?
1: We only need 5, so we have 4 more to you go. You know but.
2: I share so much of my life on the internet. I can't even think of anything that I do like not
1: Are there languages that you don't speak? Do you speak Hebrew? I mean, are the no, languages that you speak don't? No, I don't speak
2: Hebrew. That's <laughs> something probably no one knows.
1: Okay, I can teach you a little Hebrew. Oh, okay. Bar- okay. Baruch I don't know what it means. It's a prayer. Baruch Yeah, it's like you're blessing the wine or something. I don't oh. know, but. But it's good oh, to, yeah.
2: There's something else. I'm allergic to wine. Okay. I'm allergic to alcohol. So nobody I can't...
1: nobody give you any wine as gifts, right?
2: No, please okay. don't give me wine as a gift. Okay. That's three things. All right. Well,
1: three things <laughs> you don't know about yourself. So download Empire. Make yes. sure it goes to number one. Yes, Very, guys, very important. Support. Support. Follow everything on social media. And uh, what else? This has been a pleasure. I'm so happy to meet you. We're going to spend more time together. This is not the last we see each other. Yes,
2: of course. We're going to grab dinner, eat We're going to grab dinner,
1: exactly. But your fans need to know all about you that don't know all that stuff. So I'm glad we could enlighten people a little bit. So this story is amazing. I think people would aspire to be you. There's a lot of people that want to know how to get to where you are. And I love to inspire people. So thank you for coming on, Wendy. Thank amazing. You. And thank you for your team. And uh, we'll see you guys real soon.
0: Yes. Bye, guys. Bye, love guys. you.
3: Hi, this is Dennis Quaid, and I want to tell you about a new show I've produced that I know you're going to love. It's called The Pet Show. And well, it's a show about pets, dogs, cats, snakes, birds, and our relationship with these animals. It's the podcast with a purpose. Listen to The Pet Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you
1: get your podcasts.
0: In Lauren Lake's courtroom, there is no nonsense. Don't talk
3: when I'm talking.
0: Just results.
3: Mr. Jackson, you are the father. (laughs) Live it. Own it. Be it.
1: You see it? Listen to Lauren Lake's paternity court on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.